probably go and see what this is about then, shouldn't we? They seem very casual about this body. <laughs> Welcome to democracy. <laughs> <laughs> so you all run over to the body. You hear screaming like, oh, is he dead? Is there a doctor? Well, there's doctor, doctor. No, what doctor, damn it. Not doctor, doctor. <laughs> so they're just all yelling to each other. And you can turn and you know immediately who it is. Because even though he has a very plain face, you'd recognize those beet red marshmallows anywhere. Jeff has been killed. Oh, of course. Jeff! No! No! no. And as you're sitting there looking at this corpse thinking, what the hell is going on here? You hear a voice say, hello, sir! And you turn over and you see Raj the Avar is standing there holding a letter which he hands out to Mr. Julianus. And he waves his feathers and runs off. Again, he's he's not flying. He's just running with his little bird legs. And Mr. Julianus is just picking up. He's like, and he opens up the letter and the breathing pauses for a second. We're all going to die. <laughs> and he runs off as the letter flies into the air and falls right between Madeline and Alex's feet. I die for it. I'm going to make a roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to die for it. <laughs> Give me a speed roll. Okay. Can I spend a, a level of effort? Yes. I also want to spend a level of effort. Can I spend a level of effort? <laughs> yes. What is he doing? Uh, for reference, level of efforts make things easier. Yeah. You can spend up to three of them. I rolled a nine. Seventeen. Alex, you go to get it, but suddenly you just get an elbow to the face. Was it intentional? Wasn't it intentional? Was it just the roller derby instincts kicking in? Ah! Madeline actually would have gone to whip her back by the windbreaker that she's still wearing. (laughs) How dare you? I'm in charge of letters. Give it to me. Well, I have... A letter opener. This is already open. That doesn't make any sense. Cut that. (laughs) Doesn't, Madeline. What does it say? And she's going to try to look over her shoulder to see what the letter says. For 700 years, our party has been squandering the important ideals in pursuit of triviality. But no longer... It has been over 1,000 rounds and a candidate has not been found, so I will make it easier for you by culling the rest. And you see a hit list, and it includes, sorry, the hit list is comprised exclusively of five people. Derek McVitie, Ebenezer McVitie, Angelina Lexington, Madeline Jeffer James, and uh, he tried to write out the whole name, but forgot it. So it just says Ig. <laughs> Madeline looks at this letter and goes, oh, ho, 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 democracy is fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name's on that list. What? What's the list? How did they get in there? How many people here know our names? Derry just says to uh, Ebenezer, may the best man win. <laughs> <laughs> may the worst man lose. You've said that before. <laughs> And you're, you're having this conversation, but suddenly you're hearing voices. They're saying like, wait, they're, they're in danger. We have to get out of here. What's going on? We're all at threat. Well, maybe we should just vote for Payne from Germain. He's not on the list. And you five realize something. Ebenezer and Derek, you realize that if you don't resolve this dark horse candidate issue, your reputation and your political careers are going to be ruined. The Brackleberry Brigade, meanwhile, is thinking the potentially also important issue of that if this isn't resolved, you're all going to die. Can Ebenezer clear his throat at this point? Yes. Well, Ebenezer clears his throat. (laughs) Uh, But there's more. (laughs) I think it's time we retire to my office. Hmm. 
Alex is going to lean to Madeline and say like, he said I should go to his office before when I, uh, when I talked to him earlier. I don't know why the insistence. Why do you keep insisting on going to your office, dear sir? Because it's clear we need to sort this out. Our names have appeared on a list. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we should go. I bet it's like a clubhouse. Yes, exactly, Ig. It's just like a clubhouse. This doesn't often happen, uh, but I agree with Ebenezer. Let's go to his office. It's safe. Very safe. <laughs> I roll perception. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me a roll. <laughs> Ten. I'm trained. Is it safe? It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. <laughs> it's just an office. Yeah. <laughs> Madeline just wasn't sure for a second. <laughs> just ignore the spikes in the ceiling, that kind of thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's very safe. And they mean that quite literally as a safe door <laughs> closes after you enter Ebenezer's office and 50 locks get locked down. The office otherwise looks like a completely normal office. There are a few more locks on things than usual. And yes, there is the spike ceiling in the wall, but that's only for people who aren't. That's when he's not in the room and he's in the room. So, you know, you're fine. Well, I'm I'm glad that you've all come. Um, this is quite a tricky situation. And I just want to say I'm really glad you three have come when you have. It's going to make this next part, I hope, a lot easier. <laughs> you see, the thing is, and at this point Ebenezer pulls out a file from a drawer on his uh, desk, I've just been doing a little bit of research. I too like to keep up to date on things. I just have some names in this file. Uh, I've got a Hanalor, an Aerith, a Vespachi. Vespachi? Vespari? Vespari! He's, he's a wizard! He's a really good wizard! I mean, he's not a wizard! I mean... I'm glad you have his name. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, I'm just going to put this here. The thing is, I just want you all to know that I'm really, really glad you've come, and I'm on your side, and I hope you're on my side. <laughs> and the first person to kill my brother will definitely get to go home. <laughs> your brother? Oh, yes, yes, sorry. My, my name is actually Ebenezer McBitty. I don't like to use the surname. The family's gone to rot, to be honest. So you chose Hobnob. Oh, yes. Hobnob. Hobnob, yes. After Billings Hobnob. <laughs> Is that with the sign in K? Oh, yes, definitely, yes. You always used to make fun of me when I was a child, but oh, now your canopies has become true. That wasn't a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> now you will get your canopies. Canopies? Come uppance. Come uppance. <laughs> That's the word I'm trying to say. Now you will get your comeuppance. Who knows this brother thing? What? Oh, I, I, it's a fairly open secret. Everyone knows. Well, then why even bother changing your name? Because McVitty. Ugh. I mean, look at them. They think the milk should go first. <laughs> it's an open secret, but people don't talk about it. Otherwise, things happen. You'll find this happens a lot in the uh, D-I-N-R party. The murders? Dead bodies falling from the ceiling and death threats? Well, yes. I mean, it's not uncommon. God, I love this political system. <laughs> all right, all right. So, unfortunately, we can't narrow down the suspects because everybody knows that your real name is Mick Vitti. Also, I don't know anyone. That's going to be tough. But we're going to solve it because we just are. Is there any way that we could look at like the um, pattern of the letters written in this paper so that we can kind of have an idea of who wrote it? I think you're all missing the point. Surely if Derek here has an accident, <laughs> then the Dark Horse candidate goes away. Surely there can be other solutions other than killing your brother. Veto! Veto! You do not have a veto in this meeting. This is my office, my veto. <laughs> and as the uh, Brackleberry Brigade gets to work on, on doing some research, how do you feel, Ebenezer, that they just flat out ignored your threat on their friends and family? Like, they just flat out didn't pay any attention to it. <laughs> Ebenezer is furious, but he's not going to let anyone know. He is, though, just crossing through the names of various people in this file that he's managed to put together. The Cookie Crew file? Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of names of people that you know, and uh, Ebenezer's now just crossing them out. Because here's the thing. Madeline didn't really get that was a threat. Alex <laughs> <So laughs> did, but she's completely ignoring it. It was like, wow, they bothered to learn about our lives. <laughs> All right. 
So there are three men who did not appear back at the meeting. There was Mr. Hayes, who was very... Uh, no, he was a nice man. Sorry, your suspicion didn't do anything. You have Mr. Hayes, who's just a delightful man. I just love him. You have Payne from Germain, who insists he doesn't want to be a candidate, yet would have won if the Dark Horse candidate gets his way. And then finally, you have Mr. Kella, the man wearing the dark robe and brandishing a knife <laughs> like a murderer would. But you have narrowed it down to those are the three men who, if it is an inside job, and you can't really know that because the only guard is dead, if it was an inside job, it's got to be one of those three. Hey, Alex. Yep? If we got handwriting samples, do you think you could compare it and figure out who wrote it? Absolutely. That's why I suggested us looking at that. Why did you think I suggested it if I couldn't do it? I don't, I don't know why you do anything, Alex. I don't know. Of course you don't. But yes, I could. So... I wish I had useful magic. Like, 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 what if instead of setting things on fire, I could summon ghosts? Because couldn't I just ask the dead guy? Derek clears his throat at this point. <clears throat> I have a skill. <laughs> Derek, Derek, the thing with the trains is not a skill. No one's interested. <laughs> Everyone loves the trains. Screw you. <sighs> and your family. It's your family, Derek. <laughs> it's your family. Yeah. Well, I could, you know, talk to the dead. In claps. It's <laughs> a very useful thing to have. In this situation, I agree. In regular life, not so much. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that I've never seen any proof that this works. He was there with Grandad, and quite frankly, the things that Grandad said about me after he died, I, I'm just not sure it's true. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mother? We are not talking about Mother in front of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how will you read your, uh, read your Consorts with the Dead power? What, what, is, what is the name of it? It is your Speaker for the Dead. You can ask a question of a dead being whose corpse you are touching. It can answer questions that it wouldn't have understood in life, and it can't provide answers that it wouldn't have known in life. For each additional intellect point you spend when you activate the ability, you can ask the being an additional question. Oh yeah, so that seems real helpful. Wait, what did that first sentence say again? You can ask a question of a dead body whose corpse you are touching. Ew. Oh. Ew. Oh. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Oh, why not? It's disgusting. I, I have servants that can do that. Can I, Ebenezer at this point press <laughs> a button on his desk to have someone come and open the door and ask if there's anything that we need? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Doctor appears. Ah, Dr. Doctor, if you could uh, bring the corpse, that would be wonderful. <laughs> of course, sir. After all, I've been inspecting him already. And you can see that he's got an apron and just very bloody gloves on. Oh, gross. And he has a knife. <laughs> That he's been using as a scalpel, but it's definitely just a knife. <laughs> like a bread knife. Very serrated. <laughs> Ig looks scarred by this. And so and so he walks off and in an alarming amount of time, like alarmingly quickly, as if it was just on the other side of the door, a body just slumps onto the floor in front of you. <laughs> well, there you go, brother. Do your stuff. <laughs> We're all agog. Can I at least call my butler? Oh, you need your butler to do this now all of a sudden, do you? Yes. Windworth! Windworth! Windworth, where are you? <laughs> Don't you have to be touching the body? I was hoping it'd transfer through another person. Well, I mean, I could touch it and we could hold hands. Yes, but you're on fire! <laughs> See, this is typical of my brother. Right, here, look. Hold this, and Ebenezer just picks up the arm of the corpse and just flaps it into the lap of Derek. Derek closes his eyes, looks towards the door, muttering in a slightly frantic and slightly scared way. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> Mr. Ebenezer! It's a pleasure to see you again, sir. Uh, Jeff, is that you? Yes, it is. And since by default he can only answer one question, he slumps back onto the ground <laughs> dead. Oh no! no! Oh no! <laughs> can you um? Can you do it again? What? Like just? He's so cold. It's a naturally. 
Oh, Wentworth, where are you? My God, where are you? <laughs> we just flash to Wentworth, who's just laying on the beach in a lounge chair. Yeah, he's just laying on the beach he in a lounge chair. clearly needed that. Yeah, sipping a little bit, sipping sip a glass. He kind of looks up and <laughs> yes. looks around. Like he heard something. But, it, but shrugs and then just goes back to the cocktail. <laughs> Anyways, you wanna you wanna spend more intellect points to get this body back up again? Uh, <laughs> how many points do I have left? You have you have twenty left. Oh yeah, go for it. I'll I'll grab it. <laughs> the body raises back up again. Ooh, Mister Ebenezer, it's a pleasure to see you, sir. Yes, Ebenezer, I need to speak to you. Choose your question carefully. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm not going to ask a question. I'm just going to say to Jeff, you do realize that all those threats over the years, it doesn't matter. You're dead. I will now be carrying them out. This is a dereliction of duty. This is. How dare you just die halfway through a convention? I am thoroughly ashamed. If I remember correctly, that question began with, you, you do, do realize. realize. Oh, so he no. says, Yes, no. I've always known, sir! And he slumps down a second time. Oh my god, no! Derek turns to Ebenezer and sl- slaps him. <laughs> with your hand or with the corpses? With the corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you may mock me, Derek, but every time you are forced to do this, you're losing intellect. I think that maybe this next time, um, because there's going to be a next time, I'm very sorry, someone else should ask the question. Why don't we just ask... Who killed you? Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> Madeline is so done with what's happening right now. So am I, Madeline. So am I. <laughs> okay, Madeline, Ig, grab Ebenezer. Hold him against the wall. Okay. <laughs> Cover his mouth with whatever you want. <laughs> do, I, do I have any say in this at all? <laughs> well, your mouth's covered, so no. You can try the resist if you would like. No, I don't resist. I just stare at my brother. I, I grab the corpse's hand and use my spell again. Ooh. Mr. Ebenezer, <laughs> it's a pleasure to see you, sir. <laughs> all right, all right. Before, before anybody asks anything else, I have one question for you, Jeff. Who killed you? Why, the Dark Horse Candidate, of course! <laughs> no, 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 no. And he slumps down <laughs> no, one last no. time. No. Is everybody here terrible? <laughs> well, you can't ask him that now. He's lumped back on the floor, Madeline. Ah. Could you, could you, sorry about this, could you <laughs> do it one more time? <laughs> All of your hit points are going away. It's, it's not the it's not the points. It's the disgustingness of it. To be honest, okay, one last time. But I'm not holding his hand. It's gone warm from my body heat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll touch his toe. I'll place the tip of my finger against his big toe. There we go. <laughs> okay. And it's at this point I need to give you a GM intrusion. Oh no. So a GM intrusion is something where I make things complicated and tougher for you. You get an experience point in response. Experience points you can use to make things easier. If you get two or more, you can just be like, Wentworth magically appears. Like, you can basically use XP to make things that shouldn't happen happen. Uh, You get one point, and you get to give one point to somebody else. Who gets the other experience point? I'm your flesh and blood. Egg. I'll give it to egg. (laughs) So you go to touch the toe, and you just hear a... like fabric moving across the carpet and you see holding onto Jeff's legs and having dragged him out of the room, Dr. Doctor look up to you and just say, Oh, I'm so sorry. Did you need this for something? We were still using that body. Oh, of course. Well, I still have to finish my autopsy is what they call it. I have to finish the autopsy so you can have this right afterwards. Sir, you're not a real doctor. And the door slams. (laughs) Excuse me, he's a barber. Why is he doing an autopsy? I thought he was a bartender. He's a bartender barber. He's very multi-talented. A bartender. And after today, he'll be a doctor too. He's everything. <laughs> Am I still pinned up against the wall? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do anything before you release him? Um. Bit of torture. <laughs> Wasn't quite what I was thinking, but okay. <laughs> hey, Ebbs. Can I call you Ebbs? Ebbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then she'll take her hand off of his mouth and go, you seem to like files. You got a lot of files. Uh, could we get files on three specific people? Yes. Yes, I imagine you could. We need. And then Madeline is about to say it and she's wagging her finger because she cannot remember the names <laughs> because she doesn't care. She goes, 
Alex, tell him who we need. <laughs> <laughs> she will, but she also will be. Um, and can we have one of uh, your uh, a, a sample of your writing as well? You know, just just procedural stuff. Not that I suspect you or anything. Fine. Okay. Well, if you just let me get to my desk and uh, I'll, I'll go over don't, to my desk and open don't. a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I will pull out three files: one with the word Haze written on, one with Keller, and one with Payne. And then I'll pull out a piece of paper and, in the most ornate writing you've ever seen, although incredibly quickly, I just write out the words: "I know exactly where you all live," <laughs> <laughs> and then just pass it over. <laughs> All right, so how this is going to work is, first, Ari, give me a roll to interpret the writing. Okay. Uh, 14. Yeah, no, that's, uh, his writing is so, it's curvy in the way only a monster would write cursive. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, the Dark Horse Candidate letter is actually just simple lettering, not cursive at all. Really very readable. Hmm. And then you get each of the three mm -hmm. files. And how I'll play this out is you, as a collective, can ask me one question about each candidate. And it cannot be, are they the Dark Horse Candidate? I don't want to ask the same question for each one, but I'm thinking we need to ask who stands to gain the most. Yeah. I think those make sense. We need motive in a murder. Yeah, let's go, let's go through motive. The thing they never do in Phoenix, right? <laughs> So you've got your three candidates. You have Hayes. He seems very pleasant, but he's very aggressive about the diner versus dinner incident. He considers that to be extremely important. And you know, Jeff likes the dinner party. Isn't that enough motive for a reasonable man to commit murder? Payne from Germain, that one's pretty obvious. He would win if everyone else was dead. So that would be his benefit. Again, he claims he doesn't want it, but like this would be a way to win without really wanting it. And they're still, the country's still growing out of that era where all the candidates have to be like, oh no, I don't want this position when they really want the position. It just makes him look like a better leader. And then finally, Mr. Kella is an interesting one because he doesn't need money. He still lives happily in his enormous mansion volcano lair he inherited from his grandfather. <laughs> Political wise, he doesn't seem to really hate anyone. He does have an irrational hatred of small animals. <laughs> You show him a picture of a rabbit and he just starts fuming. So he's kind of murdery, but he hasn't killed anyone yet. And trust me, Ebenezer has tried to find proof he's killed somebody. Definitely. <laughs> so those would be the motives. I like killing. I like the diner party. I like winning. Based on this, I probably am leaning more towards Ace because, you know, I'm not entirely sure that for what I saw of Pain that he actually wants this. And even if he does, there's other ways of doing it than just killing the guard. I mean, I think we can cross Mr. Kell off the list. He seemed really nice. <laughs> I don't know how he seemed. I didn't get to talk to him at all. That's why I'm kind of interested in that guy. But wouldn't he be the most obvious person to do it? But if he's the most obvious, doesn't that make him the least obvious? Hmm. <laughs> Can I just say, yours talking about Hayes, he really is a, a splendid fellow. I really don't think you need to worry about Hayes. In fact, I, I believe even Derek, you'd agree. Oh, he's a splendid fellow. Very upstanding. Very. That makes me trust him less. Just a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, you're defending him quite a bit. I'm not defending him. It's just, well, he's splendid. Upstanding gentleman of society. Very friendly. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. What was the cause of death? Yeah, actually, what was... Do we know the cause of death or anything about this murder? Give me a roll. See if any of you can remember. Three. That's not great. Twelve. Five. I have five as well. Eighteen! Hey! <laughs> Ig, you know fire. And this wasn't fire. He was stabbed in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited for a second. I'm so excited for some arson murder. Can, can we roll to speak to an individual? Yeah, are we all going to the same place? Yeah, I think you have time to investigate a room, I think would be the best. A room, okay. All right, let's do Haze then. That seemed to be the general consensus. Is that what everyone wants? Yeah, Haze. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Do I get a say at this point, or am I pretty much overpowered? You can try to get a say in this point. Although at this point, I think you are outvoted. Fine, fine, we will go to Hayes' room, but... Uh, 
don't be surprised if you all look very foolish after this. <laughs> okay, cool. It's locked. <laughs> it's locked. As an office would be. Well, I actually do have lock picking skills with this character. All right, it's unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was easy. I don't want to spend time. Splendid. <laughs> <laughs> So you make it into Hayes's room. It's a, it's a pretty standard room. It's very delightful. There's a coat rack in the corner that has googly eyes on it just for a little <laughs> bit of cutesiness. There's like painting on the wall. It's like a bunch of clouds and it's raining, but it's during the daytime and there's a rainbow and there's a silver lining around all of them. There is coffee on the table. No tea. No, sorry. There's sweet tea. He's Southern. There's sweet tea over in the corner. And so that's that's all you see without further investigation. Can we roll, like, an investigation? Yeah. Are you looking for anything in particular? Um, I want to look for stabby materials. <laughs> so, Hallie's looking for stabby materials. Is anyone else looking for anything else? A dead body. Okay, dead body. We're looking for... <laughs> so, Jamie's looking for a dead body. Hallie's looking for stabbing materials. I'm looking for any sight of, like, if there was any struggle or blood or anything that might imply... I'm going to look for his diary. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone give me a roll. I got an 18. Four. 14. Nine. A seven. Hallie, you do see that he has a very ornate, very uh, nice and sharp letter opener in the back. Ooh. But the letter opener actually isn't in there. It's just the sheath for it. I take it to use for my letter opener because I happen to have an ornate <laughs> letter opener. It's the exact same size as your uh, weapon letter opener. Yeah, it's my jeweled weapon letter opener. And then, Derek, you smell something <laughs> awful. Oh no. It smells like death and it's in one of the drawers Ugh, I, I can smell something really bad <laughs> really bad <laughs> <laughs> who has the courage to open it up Rob I roll a 20 it's Rob <laughs> fine I, I step forward give Derek a withering look and open the drawer you see what was causing the worst smell you could imagine a pungent bottle of cologne has been knocked over. Oh. And next to it, soaking in these disgusting juices, you actually see the notepad, the diary he was writing in. Oh. Excellent. I pick it up and I flick open the first page. January 1st. I'm delighted to start a new journal. My old one got stolen and burned and the pictures were sent to me, but really that was just an inspiration to start all over again, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> February 3rd. Well, I seem to be telling people about that dinner-diner incident again, but nobody is paying me any heed. They're focusing on this tea squabble, but hey, maybe if they can find unity on this thing, they can find unity on the important issues as well. March 8th. Met with the wifey for her birthday. Had a very good night in. Ready to go back to work again tomorrow. And it continues and it's full of this just saccharine nonsense. Am I reading this out loud? I don't know. Are you reading it out loud? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm reading it out loud. Okay, well, give me at least one entry then. Okay, um... June the 9th had a splendid time this afternoon arranging all the coat hangers in alphabetical order. <laughs> Found it quite tricky when I got to X, but it's fine. I've worked out a system. It's absolutely splendid. I must tell everyone next visit. This is exactly what I was trying to say to you all, see? The man is an upstanding gentleman. Wouldn't be so sure about that, Ebony. Sir. <laughs> Are there any ebony cupboards in the room? I don't know, but there sure isn't a letter opener, which can be a pretty stabby material, I know from experience, because this is mine now. <laughs> she's like moving her own letter opener, which has her initials on it. What are her? M MDJ. MDJJ. She does four initials. And she's like, I think that's pretty suspicious. And Alex, give me a roll to interpret that handwriting if you'd be interested to. Oh, all right, I want to spend one level of effort again. Oh, another four, really? Okay. You're trying to interpret the letters. They seem familiar, but they're not quite there. But you don't have to, because you get to an entry. August 14th, today. Well, those representatives from the kingdom of Anquan came today. They were delightful folks. 
who even insisted on it being pronounced the dinner party. I'm so happy I got to talk to them before executing my plan, because now I know absolutely everybody I gotta kill. <laughs> Ebenezer finishing that says, See? Upstanding, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and at that you hear a knocking on the banisters above you, and you see this large cloaked individual He is cloaked in a bright magenta robe, and he has a Phantom of the Opera face. He's like, yes, now you found out my plan, and with the slicey of my knifey, I shall end your lifey. Oh, my God. Welcome to the announcement break for The Cookie Candidate Part 2. I'm Kyle, your GM, and honestly, it's just about midnight right now. I'm a little tired. I don't really want to, you know, do an announcement break right now. And let's be honest, you don't really want to listen to an announcement break. You want to get right back to the episode. I understand this. But I just wanted to take another moment to thank the Cookie crossover guests, both Scarlet and Ursula from Queer Dungeoneers for the Cookie Con, and then Rob and Jamie for the Cookie Candidate. We're going to talk at the end of this episode all about how you can listen to more Quest Friends and listen to more Totalis Rankium, but if you want to get ahead of the game, you can look up Totalis Rankium right now at totalisrankium.wordpress.com, or, you know, you could just follow the links in the descriptions. Totalis Rankium is a comedy history podcast where Rob and Jamie go through all of the Roman emperors and then all of the American presidents, tell us a lot about them, maybe get into a little bit of speculation about certain things, but also genuinely look at these figures and the good, the bad, and most importantly, the interesting. Ari has been listening to the Roman Emperor's podcast for a long time, and she actually got me into it, and I really got into the American President's podcast, hence why all of this is American history-themed. If you're interested in history, or if you just really like the way these guys present themselves, I would highly encourage you to check out these podcasts. Rob does genuinely put a lot of effort into making sure what he's reading is accurate, And he and Jamie also bring the same excitement and energy they brought to this episode to their regular episodes. I mean, that's why we reached out to them. So again, if you're interested in Totalis Rankium, that is totalisrankium.wordpress.com or just click the link in the description. All right, that's all I've got for you today. The cookie crossovers may be over, but the main campaign continues. And our next main episode, One Neon Night Part 5, will be releasing next week on Monday, August 24th. But if you'd like additional content before then, you can find stories, artwork, and behind-the-scenes insights at patreon.com slash questfriends. I'll see you there. to roll initiative for a brief round of combat. Seven. Seventeen. Sixteen. Thirteen. Sixteen.
All right. So how this works is that in combat, you're able to do a distinct action and attempt to fight this character. We aren't going to go too long on this because we're already wrapping up the time. So what I'm going to say is that you can see that the Dark Horse candidate is brandishing a knife and he is very equipped at it. And each turn you let him around, he will attempt a mortal wound. And if more than three of you get stabbed, it's game over. What? What? By mortal wound, I mean he'll take away two of your pools. So you won't die, but you'll be basically useless. Okay. It's a good stab. And you can see he's brandishing his knife. It's got a little smiley face on it. Its name is Mr. Stabby. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) All right, Rob, you are fighting the Dark Horse candidate, Mr. Hayes, and his friend, Mr. Stabby. What are you going to do? So obviously the music's kicked in, I'm guessing. <laughs> everyone's going into battle, pulling certain moves. It's, it's, it's all very dramatic. I reach into my very long, elegant cloak that I've been wearing, by the way, this whole time. <laughs> and I pull out a cipher and I point it directly at Hayes and then spin to my brother and I use the new... Numerica. The Numenera. How do you even say that word? Numenerica. Numenericum. That's it. Numenerican football on Derek, <laughs> pinning him to the floor. And what does the Numenerican football do? So it's a ball that surrounds the wearer's foot, pinning them in the place. It's just like a globby trap. So Derek is now. And by the way, he was definitely the closest to Hayes, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, Derek is now pinned to the floor. <laughs> oh. Excuse me, I think you missed. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ari, it is your turn. Oh, my God. Um, Alex will take out one of her pens, and she will say, like, well, I think it is time to prove that once again, the sword is mightier than the pen, and click it, and, like, which will trigger the, the sword that comes out of the pen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and go and try to slash Haze. All right, give me a roll to slice at Haze. Yeah, in like the uh, the arm or something so that he drops the... Okay, you want to drop it. Yeah, to see if he drops it. Fifteen. Fifteen. Did you put any effort into it? I did not. You go to swing. Oh, no, no, no. And you no, miss. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. And Alex, you get a GM intrusion. Oh, no. Who do you want to give your other point to? Um, I'll give it to Ebenezer. <laughs> no! <laughs> what have I done to deserve an experience point? <laughs> So, Alex, good news. You succeed. You don't hit him, but you hit the banister and he gets jolted and he actually falls back a bit. And the knife falls out of his hand and it hits Derek on the shoulder, knocking out all of his might pool. (laughs) Brother, why? Why? Oh, the pain. I like to think it was just the hilt part, but regardless. And Derek, now you have been stabbed. And it is your turn. Oh, I, I, hang on. I, I'll, I'll check this. You might want to cut this. Uh, I, I use my skills and attack of swimming. No. Uh, horse ride. I call my steed Derek Jr. to help me. Uh, if you spend an experience, I will let Derek Jr. come in. Yeah. Suddenly, how do you call Derek Jr.? Uh, Derek! Derek, seriously, I need Boom! And the door slams open, and this horse gums, and it picks you up. Yes! And you are now riding this horse. You are still connected with the new American football, so the floorboards just rip out of the ground, and you are now riding this horse. That is your action for this turn, but there is now a horse in this room. Hallie, it is your turn. I would like to use my cipher, please. What's your cipher? My cipher is Big Mac, a business card that will call a beefy man named Mac, who will charge through the room like a bull in a china shop. (laughs) And I want to, if I can, I don't know how it works if I just summon him with the business card or if I throw it where I want him to appear, but I'm aiming for Hayes. Okay, so you throw it at Hayes and Hayes picks it up. He's like, well, what is this? (laughs) And it's flashing. And suddenly, Derek the horse turns and his uh, mane raises, like the hairs on the end. And you just hear in horse speak, Brother! (laughs) 
And suddenly, on its hind legs, this beefy horse slams through the other wall, knocking down another support pillar. You can tell this room is about to, like, collapse at this point. And Hayes is knocked to the side, and he falls on the ground, and the dark horse candidate mask falls off him. It gasps. <gasps> Hayes! Who could have known? <laughs> they, like, still weren't 100% sure that it was him because his voice sounded different. All right, Emily, it is your turn. Um, all right. I would like to activate my focus ability, Shroud of Flame, in which I am covered in a Shroud of Flame. Okay, so you are, you are on fire now. What are you doing now that you are on fire? Can I also use my other focus ability? Yeah, what's that? Fiery Hand of Doom. What does that do? I can reach into my Shroud of Flame and create a large flaming fist, which I can then aim. All right. And so I like- Give me a roll. To just chuck it at Haze a little bit in surprise more than aggression. (laughs) 18? So for reference here, Haze came in and was like, aha, I am now going to (laughs) stealthily pounce on them. After that point, he saw Ebenezer do nothing, uh, just Ebenezer. But after that, he saw a horse charge in, a different horse on its hind legs charge in, a pen turn into a sword like this is some sort of freaking anime. And then finally, he sees a fist of fire punch him in the face, and he's now scarred on the half of the face that's the Phantom of the Opera half of the face. He is not doing so hot. You have gotten over half his health. Yeah. Oh, yes. And meanwhile, I'm going to flash back to the convention hall where you can hear a brief, like, there's some shaking, but like everyone just like talking like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. And then finally, Mr. Julianus speaks up. I, 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 I'm concerned about this. <clears throat> no, I must. <clears throat> I must be brave. <laughs> Fellow convention goers. We have a threat out there against all of us. What we must do is we must stop him. He is a threat to our democracy itself. I vote that whoever can take down the Dark Horse candidate becomes our true candidate. And you hear, rah, rah. You're more focused on Hayes, who is on the ground in this now burning, almost destroyed room. On the first floor, so you're one floor above the convention hall. In fact, you're right above it, so like, if anyone had looked up, they would just see some fire, but nobody has. (laughs) And even though Mr. Stabby is currently in Derek's arm, he reaches in and he pulls out a second knife, Stabby Jr., (laughs) and he pounces at Ig. No! Ig, roll me speed defense. This is fine. Wait. One sec, one sec, one sec. So that is a four. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hayes jumps into the air and like almost supernaturally, he runs up to you and he stabs you right next to the heart and uh, let's go. And now, Ig, you have a new friend. His name is Stabby Jr. And because of him, your might and speed pools are now down to zero. Ig falls to the ground. Oh, no. Guys, I've made a friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Ebenezer, it is your turn. Um, can I speak to Hayes? Yeah. I'm also uh, uh, specialized in persuasion. Okay. So, again, the traditional clearing of the throat from Ebenezer. <laughs> Hayes, my good man, Hayes. We are not opposed, Hayes. In fact, if I can quote you here, and Ebenezer flicks through the diary and just finds an entry. <laughs> Had afternoon tea with Ebenezer. Splendid time. You see, we've always got on. I don't care about leading this party. All I care about is that he doesn't. And I point at Derek. (laughs) If you kill him, then you may lead the party. Give me a roll for persuasion. Do you want to put any effort into it? That makes it easier. I want to put effort in and I want to use my experience point. (sighs) Okay, so I'm going to make it so it's four steps easier. Yeah. And... Okay, the number I'm going to say is not going to sound great to begin with. (laughs) But I think with the experience and the effort, this might be enough. I rolled an eight. Why, Mr. Mig... Why, Mr. Hobnob? I don't understand what came over me over with that McViddy. I must have been confused. You were correct. That was a splendid conversation. Could you read the rest of the notes there? And if you look down, it just says, had a splendid tea time with Ebenezer Hobnob. I learned his greatest weakness. 
because you see, Mr. Hobnob, I understand that your greatest weakness is you're a coward. And honestly, cowards like you are the exact kind of people I need to bring the diner party back to its highest glory. And in fact, you did so well, Rob, that Hayes is going to go again. So Hayes is, yeah, Hayes is going to charge at you, Derek, with a third knife, Stabby the third. Where does he keep getting these knives? And he's charging at you, and you have the ability, instead of just dodging, I want you to do something in counter. So he is charging at you. You are on a horse. What are you going to do to try to stop him? Jamie. Can you not hear me? Jamie. Uh, can you hear us? Yes. Oh, da- oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're Derek. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah, I am. Derek. I'm on my horse. I will charge into the room and ram the mf <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, give me, give me a roll. Ah, oh, 17. <sighs> <laughs> Let me tell you the story of Stabby the Third. Stabby the Third was handcrafted, like his father and the father before him, in Mr. Hayes's personal refinery. He makes all of his letter opener knives by himself, you see. He just wants to give care into each one. Now, he put a lot of love into Mr. Stabby. Mr. Stabby was rough, coarse, but effective. Now, Stabby Jr., that was really when, like, you know, Hayes perfected his method. But like with all trilogies, Stabby the Third was a disappointment in the family. As he runs at you to stab you, Stabby the Third gets just knocked away by your horse's hoof, and your horse, as it neighs backwards, slams down on him and the floor, which crumbles out from all of you. And I need everyone to just roll me a flat d20 one last time. Ah, uh, four. Thirteen. Seven. <laughs> Where you gone, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> a three. Kyle, I have a question. Yeah. I know if you just want this to be flat, that would be fine. But I do have hover because my Heelys have little rockets in them. Oh my God. It will make sense why I want you to do a flat roll. Okay. Fourteen. It was a weird thing for everyone. The convention hall had finally figured out its plan. The dark horse candidate was a threat. Now, some people did want to vote for Mr. Julianus. They thought, well, he's doing just a real good job, but they know the second he's in a position of leadership, he's going to have a target on his back. That guy won't survive three days as the president. So they agreed. Whoever defeated the dark horse candidate would get the nomination. And that's when this large crash comes from above them. And two horses and one, two, three, four, just a whole bunch of people fall onto the ground. And as the dust starts to settle, we see the brothers, Ebenezer and Derek McVitie, share in a moment of sorrow and confusion together. We see Ig beaming with pride, and we see Alex beat red and furious. As Madeline Jeffer James, in her hover heelys, stands tri- no, floats triumphantly <laughs> above the defeated body of the dark horse candidate, Mr. Hayes. And Mr. Julianus just says, Everyone, I present to you <laughs> our candidates! Thank you so much for joining us. This has been The Cookie Candidate, a Quest Friends Totalis Rankium crossover. Quest Friends, if you haven't listened to us before but enjoy us, it's just as weird <laughs> and just as fun. I would check us out on questfriendspodcast.com, although that stars a different group of characters than you see today. If you really loved Madeline, Alex, Ig, go to questfriendspodcast.com slash cookie crew. Uh, Rob and Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have your very not pleasurable men on <laughs> on our show. Can, can, can I, I just say, I'm really sorry for how horrible I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But you two aren't nearly as horrible. In fact, I would say you are delightful and so is your show. So tell us a bit about uh, what you do and why this episode was so historically themed. 
So we are Totalus Rankium. We are a history podcast where we rate every single Roman emperor from Augustus to Constantine 11 at the moment. That's right, 160 odd of them. We are also doing an American president service where we rank every American president using various ranks. And don't forget that you can download us on Poppy and iTunes and Stitcher. Although not for American presidents, Stitcher. Have you not sorted that out yet? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, well. Well, one day. Yeah, one day. That'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, so if you like listening to history and if you like ranking people from history, <laughs> check us out. Uh, the reason why this episode of Quest Friends has been so historical is that occasionally Jamie and I go off on a few tangents. <laughs> and we might occasionally speculate that some characters might have been involved in history and uh, some of them have appeared in today's episode which has been fantastic i i particularly like the fact there's an ava in this episode yes <laughs> <laughs> you can thank ari for that she told me about that i'm like yeah bird people seems like a quest friends thing let's throw them in there <laughs> yeah 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 all right well thank you so much again now typically i end on an epilogue or a cliffhanger and if i understand rob there was one last scene you wanted to do right yeah yeah so credits have rolled and it fades from black. We're outside the Pupianus convention, just outside the one entrance. And there stands Ebenezer and Derek. Just those two, no one else, both looking a bit disheveled. And uh, Ebenezer says to his brother, Well, that was splendidly good fun, wasn't it? Uh, same time next year? Definitely. Wonderful. I'll see you at Winterfest, old fellow. <laughs> Welcome to Totalus Rankium. This week... And see, <laughs> see. Meanwhile, I was thought I was thinking something darker. Like he goes back to his office and he pulls out the list. But I love that. That was so he good. Better oh, not with his brother. Oh, should we do that? <laughs> so, Hallie, are we going to get two recurring villains after this? Uh, your character from yesterday's session, and then Ebenezer Hobnob, Spencer Deracer. Oh, you bet. They would make quite a team, Spencer Deracer and Ebenezer Hobnob. <laughs> You don't throw all those in roller derby? Well, I'll cut that one. You get penalized? All right, well, yeah. I'll ignore that. Mandeline doesn't care about penalties anyway. Well, no, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> what? What is sweet tea? It's an affront to all teas everywhere. It's a kind of uh, southern tea. I don't know how to make it. You basically take tea and you dump sugar into it. Madeline drinks it. It's cold <laughs> it's and good. full of sugar. Just gulps it down. <laughs> so it's, it's iced tea with sugar. Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah, just like a lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then again, some people here put milk in their tea. <laughs> Bad taste all around. <laughs> Can I do something before we do that? Yeah. After uh, Alex determines that the piece of paper that says i know exactly where you all live it doesn't match the dark horse candidate handwriting i want to make eye contact with ebenezer and then slowly rip the paper <laughs> into smaller and smaller bits ebenezer doesn't break contact he uh, eye contact he just opens another drawer and pulls out another sheet of paper and holds it up <laughs> and it has exactly the same thing written on it <laughs> 